do you make money? Like just philosophically, how do you do it? He goes, John, you put yourself in the position to make money. And I'm like, it's like either the most profound thing that I've ever heard or or the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Welcome to the Startup West podcast, the podcast about startups who have been there and done it or are right here and doing it in sunny Western Australia. My name is Danelle Cross. And I'm Brodie McCulloch. And we are joined today by John Gregory, the founder of Vitruvian, and we can't wait to hear his story. Hi, John, and welcome to the Startup West podcast. It's fantastic to have you here today. Yeah. Hi, Danelle. Brilliant to be here, Brodie. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to dive straight in. Can you tell us about your startup, the story about how you got the business up and running and where you're at with it now? Far out. Uh, Big question. <laughs> yeah. Straight where up. do I start? <laughs> like... Uh, I think I'd, I'd go back to 2008, um, which was when I was running a high-frequency trading uh, company that I'd started. Um, you know, it was in the middle of the GFC. Trading was great. Occasionally it would be quiet and we had a gym in the back of the trading room and I'm like, well, we're doing kind of cutting-edge trading. We are, um, you know, trading at the speed of light, uh, running algorithms that are, you know, the fastest in the world and then behind me there's we're just pushing metal weight around. That seemed kind of incongruous. It seemed kind of stupid. Um, and I thought, surely in the 21st century, we could do something um, with technology which made resistance training or strength training uh, engaging, adaptive, full of data um, and full of benefit. Um, surely that would be a good idea. Surely it's possible. Um, and maybe I'll look into that. Um, so, yeah, when the markets were quiet, I was started Googling about how to do this and I have a physics degree, so it was kind of back to basics for me, of back to the, the fundamentals of uh, solving a problem from first principles using a um, uh, combination of electronics and physics. And, uh, yeah, so it was touching on my training and core interest as well. Um, and from those sort of early days, it, it became a um, – it just became an interest that I that – I, kept coming back to, I finished trading in 2010, mm. um, made enough money to be philosophical out of that, uh, which is, which is good. And I know what do I spend the rest of my life doing. Um, and Vitruvian was just a, or the machine and the equipment was just an idea, which I kept tinkering with in, in my, in my shed, um, bought some parts, tried to do a few proofs of concepts, put one together in sort of 2016. It kind of well, actually worked and it was kind of <laughs> better than I th- perhaps thought it would be and it was like, oh, interesting. Um, I, I think I had in the back of my mind like why should I – why me? Why would I do this? Mm. You know, like I'm not a – I'm not an engineer. I'm not an industrial designer. I'm not a – I'm not a – I can't write firmware. Are you a fitness fanatic? I'm not a fitness fanatic. <laughs> no, I'm not even that. <laughs> I'm just like – I just thought it was a good idea. Why should I do that? Surely someone else – It was. it seemed like a good enough idea that – someone would mm. do it. Mm. And and I, th- I think I just kept playing around with it and I think, well, maybe maybe it actually is up to me to do this yeah. um, because I have the time. I kind of have the, a kind of generalist training and background to be able to, to figure it out. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day I just got tired of waiting for someone else to do it and thought I'll go and do it myself. And then uh, 2016, 2017, 2018 rolls along, the proofs of concepts and prototypes start getting better and better and I start thinking, you know, actually there really is something here. Yeah. Mm. Um, started showing it to a few friends around the, the Perth community, uh, Andrew Larson being one from uh, Larson Ventures. He met me and he's like, well, this guy's pretty weird. Um, 
But he likes weird he, people. He might, have, he might <laughs> have something here. Um, you know, and I kept showing him what I was doing. He's like, huh, interesting, interesting. Um, and we built a bit of a, a friendship, I think, over some a couple of years. Mm. Um, to the point where late 2018, um, I'd built my latest prototype, got Andrew around to see it, and he's like, all right, here's 100 grand. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think it was that good. Um, so I'm like, well, okay, well, I'll put in 100. Um, and, yeah, just down tools and everything else I was doing at that time, I went full-time on, on Vitruvian. That was kind of like early 2019 now. Mm. So that's the start of the of the start and then – the rest is just a series of starts again. So, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about like the specific problem it's solving for people and what that, you know, how, how that's led into really rapid growth sure. for what you're doing? Yeah, good question, Brody. Um, <laughs> somewhat controversially, I've always had a problem with that question mm. of what problem are you solving? Um, and in the early days, a lot of, you know, people that I was trying to get money off of would, would come and ask me that question. I didn't have a very good answer um, because um, that wasn't what I was doing. I wasn't solving a problem. What I was trying to do, like in, in hindsight, what I was actually trying to do was build value um, and it's a quite a different proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took this, maybe I was being a bit arrogant, I don't know, I took this view that solving a particular problem um, is not a great way to, to build a visionary company because most problems are already solved. Like and I was looking around, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to solve a problem. I want to do something big here. Mm-hmm. I want to see a vision of the future um, where technology is, is improving people's lives. And, and so I wasn't solving one particular problem. What I was trying to do was put together a hardware and software offering that was full of value mm-hmm. um, and build enough value into this, which I'd call this value bucket, build a, enough value and build a bucket and fill it up with little pieces of value. And then I would ideally make that bucket big enough and deep enough and full of little value propositions that people solve their own problems when they turn up. Um, it's, like in hindsight, I don't know that I'd recommend anyone else <laughs> recommend that as a plan because really what that meant was I had to end up I ended up putting six hundred thousand dollars of my own money in it because I thought that I could do it. I thought that we could. I thought that there was really something here, um, and I thought I was right in doing it this way, which is maybe a little bit different to how it is done. Um, so. Yeah, in in hindsight, we weren't solving a problem. What we were doing was building a bucket of value. Mm. And I think it's been the right thing to do because we are only now figuring out what problems we are solving. Three and a half years into the business, only now do we know what problems we're solving. And we can talk really eloquently and clearly about what they are now. Um, But we couldn't have done that without having gotten to this scale where we've got, you know, thousands of products around the world um, in lots of different settings and people telling us what problems that we're solving for them. That's mm. an amazing position mm. to be in as a business. Mm. Um, took a lot to get there though and we couldn't have come up with those problems and solutions until we got to this point because particularly like a, a business that involves hardware, 
you just don't know. Mm. You, and you have to take a bet. You just have to use your judgment, go out and do something, put it in the hands of customers and ask them. Yeah. Because, yeah, as I said, particularly with hardware, um, you can't really communicate it and you have to be product-led is I guess mm. what I'm saying. You have yeah. to get make the thing, put it in people's hands and ask them. Yeah. No amount of pictures and renders and, and, ide- and ideas will really get to the nub of it. Mm. So Sounds that's like- what we've done. Your, or your customers are telling you the problems that they're wanting solved and they're, um, you're solving more problems than probably mm. you thought. And I really liken your journey a bit with that of Mark Berryman from Rhinohide who's in a hardware mm-hmm. um, startup as well and um, he's got a similar similar story about length of time and, mm. and the problems as well. So I think you got us to about 2019 in the story. What happened from 2019 to now in the Vitruvian story? Um, so it's just been running as hard and as fast as we can yep. to build the offering, raise the capital, mm. build the offering, raise the capital, build the offering. It's been just been mental of, of like, um, yeah, figuring it out as we go. Um, can you tell us a bit about that, um, capital raising process for you? I wish I could call it a process. <laughs> it's like non-linear it's situation. Like, yeah, no, it's like it's what is it? It's like uh, chasing leads. It's mm. it's it's um, well, first of all, being prepared to put my own money yeah. uh, on the line, and that yeah. got us through to um, our first seed round because I'm like, I think this seed round is going to come off. Um, it was. You know, we we're having conversations with a um, with a strategic investor in in Asia. It was taking a little while. Um, I'm like, I think there's a pretty good odds that they will invest and they will lead this round. So I'm going to keep throwing tipping money in the company yeah. until that falls out, until that happens, and that that kind of worked. And then that investment came in, and I'm like, we're going to need more. Like a week later, I'm like, mm. oh, that's good for now, but you know. Um, yeah, so then we just, I don't know, just made it up. <laughs> like we need some more. Let's, oh, I don't know, what do we do? Yeah. Safe note, let's do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And shop that around and, yeah, people kind of. Responded to that. Yeah. Mm. Um, it wasn't a process and I couldn't tell you how it happened yeah. in hindsight. It was like um, talking with whoever would listen mm. and it ends up steering the company into shaping the company into a, into who we are now is who we got investment from is dictating what sort of company we become. Mm. It's yeah. There's probably another way to do it. I I just don't know what that is. (laughs) And and when did you know it was going to work or when were there Mm. sort of, there's some specific moments where you're like, okay, we've definitely got something here and now need to go for it. Yeah. 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 I, I remember the day. I remember the, I remember the, the hour, um, it was late August 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd spent the last six months getting a, a one-off prototype made of what I thought we were wanting to build. This is a, this is the form factor, the the kind of power density, the the way I want it to work, the software, and and we just did, we, all we had was enough money to do one, and it cost a crap load. I mean, it cost us like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars to get to that point which in hindsight was a massive rip-off. Thanks, guys, for <laughs> those that know who are into that. And I'm like, damn, you guys ripped this off. Anyway, 
Get over that, John. A couple of of them them actually work for us now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we got this, so put it together in late July um, and started using it uh, in our shed at the time. And I started using it for a month, started enjoying it, started playing around with it, started finding, wow, this is actually way better than I thought it would be. And it was only three, I was only four weeks in, I'm like, I'm a lot stronger. Like what's just happened here? I haven't really been planning. I haven't been doing like a, I haven't been working that hard. Mm. Like I was just like the technology was like adaptive weight and it was putting my muscles under this kind of weird regime of like constant muscle tension and and adaptability and, and eccentric overload. I'm like, you know, four weeks in, I'm like, oh, my goodness. We have not just got something that's cool and, you know, is going to be like, convenient and I can see that working. We've got something that's actually really effective and beneficial like here it, yeah. over and above, mm. which I wasn't expecting. Mm. Um, so, and then I, I went to see my netball, my, my daughter play a game of netball that morning. And I, and I just, I looked around and like, there's so many people there and we've just got this product that actually is going to be able to provide a benefit for everyone. We have a mass market uh, product that will provide a benefit for potentially for a very broad cross-section of the market, whether that be kids who want to train for sport, whether that be their parents who just want to kind of stay in the game as their muscles Mm -hmm. waste as they get older, or whether that be my mum who's like 80 and just needs to keep doing Mm -hmm. something to move. We have a – we are providing a benefit for a broad cross-section of the community here and that that just – that floored me. At that point I'm like, this is – I lost all doubt that Let's we would go. that we would uh, mm. that we had something. Yeah. What a moment. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I actually nice. almost collapsed actually. I was walking along and I'm like Yeah. I I had to turn around and go back and sit in my car and yeah. I was like it was it was quite a moment. Special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the product itself, where is it at the moment? In how many countries? Where are you, you know, where Tell yeah, us a bit yeah, about that. We've yeah. Been, yeah. yeah, sure. We've been global from day one, which is, mm. again, a bit mental. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we just sell around the world through our website and we'll, we'll wherever you are in the world, we'll just figure out Just through your website to, at the moment? Uh, no, we've, we've got some distributors around mm-hmm. the place as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some commercial operators starting as well. So, But primarily it's just a website and we've sold in over 40 countries. Terrific. Um, so that's that gives you some idea of... Uh, Scale. The scale. So we are um, – it's been a really difficult time in, in the history of the world to be doing manufacturing because yes. of the uh, supply chain constraints, mm. some parts that we just can't get because they, they apparently don't exist anymore. It's, it's mm. made manufacturing challenging, but we've still managed – we've managed to push through and we've managed to, to get to this point. And I think it's been a little bit crazy uh, – and maybe in hindsight we wouldn't have gone global from day one, but the benefit now is we are figuring out how to be global from, from day one mm. and ship around the world and build a global community. And that's actually part of the value proposition yes. now is that I can be training on the leaderboard with me and some guy in the Netherlands and some Navy SEAL in the US and our investors are on there. It's just like fun mm. and they're all over the world. Perfect. And that's part of the value proposition that you're in a global community, community yeah. um, not just uh, not just one country. So, and what's the plan for the next few years? Where mm. do you sort of see it heading? Uh, 
I don't know. <laughs> like, like it's, I'd Similar love to, to the say, investment strategy. Basically, I'd love to say we had this amazing plan and we're just smashing out a plan. But it's like, like in this world, you cannot plan. Like, like I had a plan, you know, a few a few months ago, and then the stock market crapped itself, and like inflation is now the biggest fear in the world, and you know, and you know, ventures seems to be running scared, and um, you know, public privates are, are like. Well, they're a bit stuffed too. So, like, I guess you have a plan. <laughs> really, it's just day to day dealing with the vagaries and, and the, the challenges of the world. If if it's if I, if we have a plan, it's at all. It's to be um, adaptive and nimble and cope with a very ch- rapidly changing world. Um, the the goal, the big plan is just to grow as fast as we possibly yep. can. Um, yep. And we will do that. And that's a function of how much capital we're able to raise, when we're able to raise it, um, and when we're able to get parts. And, yeah, we just push, 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 and then we live and deal with the realities of the world, which are, you know, sometimes you can't do what you want to do because the world doesn't let you. So is that is that a plan? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's <laughs> I the plan. Emergent plan. And yeah. that's what everyone's yeah. doing at the exactly. moment. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, I think and that's what, the, that's what yeah. the history of the company's been like. That's what the world's been like for the last yeah. three years now. Yeah. I mean, look what we've all got through mm. in the last three years of like plans of life. Don't matter. Mm. Like, you just, everyone is just like trying to scrap through here. Um, it's kind of fun. Mm. It's kind of fun. It doesn't, it doesn't kill us. <laughs> it's fun. Um, any competitors to the product? Probably. Um, I have a particular view on competition, mm. which is I don't worry too much about, um, like I don't spend time analysing what's that, what's the competitive landscape look like. Um, I think our biggest competitor is a better version of ourselves. Mm. Love that. Um, and then I say to the whole company every day, let's be that better version of ourselves so that you know, in a week and a month and a year's time, we're that competitor. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I want to always be competing with ourselves um, to be that better company. And I don't sure how we could lose if, if we do that. Yeah. Um, it's a bit, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way to think about things, but um, that's, that's kind of, that's what we do. Yeah. Fabulous. Great. And a shout out to the Startup West podcast sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth, Dinner Twist and TechOn. John, can you take us back through your career? Um, you know, where you sort of started? Are you WA born and raised? Sure. I'm born and bred in Western Australia. Uh, grew up in, in the hills in Darlington while well, I was a young boy and then spent three years in Exmouth. Um, with my mum being a teacher. Um, uh, you completed my high schooling here just in Swanview High School, nothing like no fancy private school or anything, just a uh, regular old high school. Um, and then went to Curtin University and did a degree in applied physics, um, which like I did applied physics because I thought I was a really clever guy. Um, and then I did the degree and I'm like, oh, I'm not as clever as I thought I was. <laughs> so I met some really clever guys yeah, uh, at that point. Uh, but uh, physics, uh, I don't really 
don't really know why I did it um, other than you're that. You're good at it. Other than that impetus. I was, mm. actually wasn't that very oh. that good at it. I was kind of at some level really interested in the way the world worked mm. um, and more from a creative point of view and understanding mm. and enjoying the, the beauty of quantum mechanics and um, relativity and things like that without really being very good at doing the maths mm. for it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that's what I did for uni. Um, but then my first job was uh, in financial markets uh, back in the day when you could do that. Yeah, um, how did you, you know, get yeah, well, the job I, there I really after know. studying I physics? I talk, just... talked my way into this job in Perth. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, in Perth. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, in right. Perth in uh, doing futures, uh, futures and options contracts. I'm like, I needed a job. I was about to get married. I'm like, uh, this job was in the paper. I'm like, so I took some books out of the library and read up about what a futures contract <laughs> was and what an options contract was and then lagged my way into a job because, <laughs> um, I don't know, who knows why. Who knows why they hired me. Um, and I did that for a year in Perth and then I went to the UK with my myself and my wife, went to the UK. She was a physio, which is a pretty typical path for young West Aussies to take. Yep. Just mm-hmm. go and spend some time in the UK, yep. earn some pounds, you know. <laughs> Have the mortgage, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a job again, just I don't know how. Uh, I, I knew what a futures contract was at that point. And I got a job working for a bank in London doing futures and options settlement, um, which was kind of a crazy job because it was, there was a bunch of Aussies in the back office of these banks. Fun. Yeah. And it was, it was fun, but. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, <laughs> I hope no one asked me. I was just like, just like, like every kept, kept my head down, just pay me the pounds, just keep my head. Down. Yeah, there was a lot of like <laughs> winging it. Wow, I can't believe they're letting us here, in here because mm-hmm. none of us have a clue what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, saw a, saw a trading room for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in the back of a of a of a proper investment bank. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty exciting. I'd love to be involved in that. Talked to one of the trading desks and said. Can I have a job? And yeah, he said, yeah. So I got a job. I went to move to Frankfurt doing as a junior or as a trader's assistant, uh, trading German stock options of, of all things in Frankfurt, uh, which was, you know, exciting. Mm. Learned a lot. Um, I was trading uh, like I think three or four weeks into my job. I was sitting on the trading desk and we had Bloomberg up and um, a plane flew into one of the Twin Towers. Um, so I was like... That was three weeks into your job. Yeah, well, my, yeah, Ish. something like yeah. that. And and it was like a bit of a baptism of fire mm. in, in like... Uh, yeah, and it was, it was live. We were trading live. It was very early in the... In the that was late in the, in the German trading day. And yeah, saw, the these, saw these planes hit the towers. And I look next to the trader next to me and he goes, he looks at me, he goes, John, sell everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it was back in the day where you actually had to type yeah. a command into, the, into the terminal. So we like type, 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 sell. <laughs> and, yeah, so that was kind of, yeah, an interesting, a bit of a baptism of fire of trading and it kind of killed the market actually mm. um, because I think we, as traders, we made money on that day but it, it kind of killed the market. Mm. So out of that, we all, you know, some months later we all got fired. <laughs> and mm. then I ended up staying in touch with those guys that, that I was trading with on the desk and 
came back to Perth for a bit, had a baby. Well, my wife had a baby. Um, got a job in a bank here. Got a bit depressed. And I'm like, oh, adoring. Mm, um, not as exciting. Sorry, mm. ANZ. <laughs> you didn't have to mention them, John. <laughs> you did not have to go. They were there. like right next door. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all our friends at ANZ. Yeah, they were beautiful people. <laughs> I sure met, some, met some really lovely people there, but yeah. the job was like, oh. It was boring for you. Oh, yeah. I feel like I want to aspire to something more mm. than that. Anyway, and then these, yeah, got a, got a job back with those traders. They went and worked for a hedge fund. I got a job with them in Honolulu of all places. Mm. Um, so that was a great way to spend a few years mm. learning my trade, doing um, what became sort of high-frequency statistical arbitrage and did that for a, a few years and then started my own trading company, uh, moved to New Zealand uh, and just ran this trading company through the GFC, which was a great thing to be doing. Mm. Um, we were kind of... Yeah, financial markets were trading. Open access to um, access to exchanges was really crashing down. Um, we could get machines like co-located in exchanges for the first time ever, and you know, a couple of guys from a from a rat hole in New Zealand could do that. Whereas you know, you used to have to be a big bank to be able to do that. So that was a, a cool and fun thing to be doing. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, the GFC was crazy, but we were kind of tools and hands in the market as that was going on mm. and, and we were able to, to capitalise on it. Uh, yeah, Amazing. and then like post-GFC, um, the markets again kind of crapped themselves and, and I couldn't figure out how to make any more money out of them. So just kind of sailed home and, and um, figured out what to do next, which mm. is ended up being Vitruvian. What a story. It sounds yeah. like a, I can picture it as a life cycle of a startup. Up yeah. And down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some huge highs yeah. and some. Yeah, I've never had a plan. I've never had a plan. Just, just yeah. a, a bit of self belief, I think, that yeah. whatever's going yeah. on, I can, um, I, I'll be, be able to figure something out. The one, the, the best lesson I ever learned from, from this wise old trader I sat next to, um, you know, I, the markets were quiet and I, I, I asked him, so, Rich, how do you, the guy's name is Rich. How about that? Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, how do you make money? Like just philosophically, how do you do it? And he goes, John, you put yourself in the position to make money. Mm. And I'm like, it's like either the most profound thing that Mm. I've ever heard or the the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it was actually, you know, I thought about it and like, yeah, actually you're right. Really what every entrepreneur or business person is is doing in effect without sometimes perhaps knowing it. Yeah, put yourself in a position for opportunities to hit you and you and take advantage of it. So it's actually it's actually become a very profound kind Mm. of kind of guiding light in my life is just like you actually don't know what's gonna go on and what's happening. You don't know what's gonna happen next week, next month, next year. And if you think you do, you're kind of kidding yourself. But what you can do is um, put yourself in a mm. position to that if things do work, that you can um, benefit from benefit, them. Benefit, yeah. Mm. yeah. So we've got a lot of startups that listen into the podcast. So maybe can you talk to us about um, some advice that you would give from your journey to some other Perth startups and founders? Yeah, um, do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> believe, in in you, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like a lot of this stuff is not that hard. Like um, staying at it and and sticking at it can be hard. hard yeah. um, 
the cost is going to be high, um, higher than you probably want to admit. This is not going to be easy. Entrepreneurship is the toughest thing just in commerce. It really is. Mm -hmm. You have to be... You have to be tough as nails. You have to be resilient. You have to be smart. You have to be um, adaptable. Um, it's a great testing ground for for all of those things. And if you think that's mm. you, then put yourself to the test. You'll probably be, you'll find out that you probably are that person. So go for it. Would be my advice. Mm. Yeah. Great. And yeah, I think what we'll do is finish up with some rapid fire questions. So just short or one word answers. Um, and yeah, Danelle, you want to kick things Let's off? Let's do it. I can. I can. Mm. Okay, John, what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Money. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were to wave a magic wand, uh, what would you wish into being in the startup ecosystem in WA or out of being? Money. <laughs> We've got four, three more questions of money, I think. Um, yeah, okay, let's try to go with this one. <laughs> and you can't answer money okay, this one, okay? okay? So who do you most admire in the local <laughs> – who, not what <laughs> – who do you most admire well, in the local um, startup scene, a company or a person? Yeah, I – like I'm tempted to say the people who give me money. <laughs> Again, we're back well, there, Brody. Yeah. We're back there. Sorry, Andrew Larson. Andrew? Andrew? Yeah, Andrew so, Larson. so the investors that gave yeah. me, that, that believed in me, yeah. I think, without putting a bit more nuance on it, yeah, mm. the investors mm -hmm. that have believed mm -hmm. in, in me. How can anyone listening help you? <laughs> you really want to know the answer to that? <laughs> I think we know what it is. Is it byproduct or? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, oh, how can you help me? Just... Just enjoy the journey. Just, you know, turn up, yeah, be a customer, be mm. an investor, just, you know, come and knock on our door and, and, and hang out. Um, yeah. We have, a, we have a lot of fun and I love what I do. I love turning up to, to work at Vitruvian every day. So awesome. if you want to be involved, mm. be involved, be great. And what do you do to get away from it all to relax and refresh when you can? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I go home. I go home. Home is my uh, happy place. I've got a mm. beautiful wife, three kids, and yeah, it's my it's my place to go. Yeah, mm. fabulous. No, yeah, thanks so much, John, for sharing your yeah, experience and talking about the winding journey you're about to go on yeah. next as well. Thanks, um, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people get a lot out of it. So thank right. you. Thanks very thanks much. So much. Thanks John. for having me here. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. And also thanks to our sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth, Dinner Twist and TechOn. And we recorded this podcast at Riff Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth in Western Australia. Don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your favourite podcast platform when then you'll be able to get the latest great episodes as they come out. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave a review. Thank you.